All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fantastic Friday. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Coming to you live from the 45th annual John Reed Memorial Tournament, which of course has... uh, one of the best uh, U15 uh, AAA players from uh, across uh, the country, uh, out east, out uh, west. Of course, the uh, the Raiders here in town hosting it. And uh, I'll tell you, every uh, WHL team is represented uh, by multiple scouts. It's a, it's a huge tournament for the teams and their scouts as uh, they look for some of the, uh, the next best up-and-coming young players. And uh, it's a thrill. It's a thrill for the kids to play in this tournament. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, the list of uh, kids who have come through here is, a, is an amazing tournament. And, uh, you know, it's, it's first class. It's, a, it's loads of fun. So we'll be talking about the tournament here today. And uh, the Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Get in on all the excitement this season with odd boosts, same game parlays, player props, and more at PlayAlberta.ca. Also, if you like the very simple life, Lotto Max, very good. And uh, there was a big winner on Tuesday. So it starts out at $19 million today. Still a good uh, a good Friday for you if you can get the tickets, get the winning numbers. Maybe you can be like the orders. You never, you never lose right now. The Edmonton orders, 12 consecutive victories for the oil. They have tied the Montreal Canadiens, who were the uh, first – well, they're the only Canadian team who's ever won 12 games in a row in the NHL. 
But how about this? The Edmonton Oilers tomorrow could make history. Yes, they could become the first Canadian team. But more importantly, they could become the first ever Western Conference team to win 13 consecutive games. None of the other teams have done it. It's hard. Right? I, I, I wonder how much travel uh, plays a factor in that. Uh, you know, you got the uh, the Penguins, the Blue Jackets, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Bruins, the Capitals, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Devils, the Panthers, and the Devils, who have all won 13. That's it. So it's um, it's not easy to win. But uh, the Orders, uh, they haven't made it easy on themselves by any stretch of the imagination as they uh, had to come from behind again. That's two consecutive games. It's only the third time in 20 years that the Orders have managed back-to-back victories overcoming a two-goal deficit. They did it in 2006. Did it in uh, 2012. And now they've uh, done it this year. Of course, we're down 2 nothing in Toronto. We're down uh, 2 nothing to Seattle, and they're like, no big deal. We'll come back. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, his 25th four-point game of his career. Not bad. When you look at uh, that ties him with uh, Glenn Anderson for uh, fifth all-time behind uh, Messier, who has 27, McDavid 35, Yari Curry, and then Wayne Gretzky has uh, 158 uh, four-point games. <laughs> Uh, some of the numbers, when you look at it, it's a, it's rather, rather ridiculous for sure. So uh, the orders, though, a little extra juice tomorrow night in Calgary. Uh, they will have the jerseys, uniforms from the Heritage Classic. Both the orders and the Flames will wear them tomorrow. They'll also wear them again in Edmonton. When the, uh, and the, the last Saturday in February when the Orders host the Calgary Flames. So if you're a Jersey fan, that's what uh, you'll be seeing. So, uh, Oilers, Warren Fogle had a two-goal night. It was like, hey, ref, I'm trying to get a third goal here. Like, I'll, I'll say the, the officials last night, there were two penalties that might have been softer than soft. The, uh, the slash they called on Connor McDavid. I'm like, if that's a slash, then every time a guy moves his stick in the NHL, that's a slash. And the Warren Fogle, I don't even know what he did. Like, honestly, Borgen slashed him, and I just think the ref got mixed up. Honestly. That's what I think uh, I think happened. So, it's good. But uh, the orders, hey, they didn't have a great start. But they really controlled the game after the first 20 minutes. They took it over early in the second period. And, you know, like I think one of the cliche lines that's that's incorrect and overused all the time is play a full 60 minutes. It rarely happens. It rarely happens to play a full 60 minutes. It's hard because the other team is going to do stuff. Now, the orders were sloppy in the first period where they gave up three breakaways. But Drysaddle took over in the second. He had three points in the first seven and a half minutes, and boom, the orders had a lead. And Warren Fogle, Warren Fogle can score breakaways this year. It's nice to see. So, order fans, you got to be fired up. So here's my question on a positive Friday. What is your, what's your guess? Are the orders going to go 13, is it going to be done? Like, is it end at 12? Is it going to go 13, 14? That'll be option one. 15, 16, option two. Tie the record at 17, or four is break the record. So what do you think? 833-401-1440 is the number. I'm curious where, I'll say this, if they beat the Flames, 
I think they'll run the table in January. Uh, Columbus isn't that good. When the Orders play Chicago next Thursday, the Blackhawks, it'll be their second half of a back-to-back. They're in Seattle the night before, and it's their third game in four nights. And they're terrible. The Orders aren't losing that game. Remember, uh, they, they didn't play great in Chicago. Well, Stuart Skinner did. And uh, they had a few goals disallowed. But I think uh, the Orders will spank them. I think they're better than Columbus. And uh, Nashville, for whatever reason, they own the Predators. Who owns the Predators? The Edmonton Orders do right now. So uh, I think this is the, uh, the the big one tomorrow. The Flames, uh, they blew a lead against Toronto last night. Austin Matthews gets a hat trick. He's now got 37 goals on the season. Uh, barring injury, it's a lock. He's going to get 50. We've got a lot of texts flying in already. 833-401-1440. Hey, Gregor, are you conscur- concerned that the Orders are overplaying Stuart Skinner? Uh, to be honest, I am not. Right. Also, uh, uh, for those who usually watch on uh, uh, YouTube, uh, we're just uh, we're a few minutes late on the YouTube today, so don't worry. It'll be up uh, here momentarily. Uh, Declan Kruger is uh, he's the uh, on-site uh, technician today, and he's solved the problem, so it uh, it should be up and running uh, very soon. But um, I look at Stuart Skinner, and and so here's the thing. Right now, today, Stuart Skinner has uh, has the he has started what? Um, I thought he'd start 8 of uh, 11, but he started 30 games already this year, right? But look at Hellebuck started 32 of 43. Demko started 32 of 45. Georgiev has started 37 for the Avs. Talbot started 39. Saros has started 35. Jake Ottinger had started 21 of the Stars' first 28 games, but he's injured, so he's at 24. Right? Vegas is the only team who doesn't have a starter who's um, who's really high up there, Right? So I look at Skinner, and now I, I, I didn't go to the uh, skate today, so I haven't seen if they've announced who, who's starting yet or not, but I'm going to guess it's going to be Skinner. That's just a guess. So now maybe they would start Picker two out of three, and I could see them doing it if they wanted to, but they look and say, you know what, we'll give Skinner two out of next three. So that means he has three more starts. All right, so then you get into the final 37 games of the season. The orders have eight sets of back-to-back, so there he's down to 29 automatically. I, I think out of the uh, – let's take out the back-to-backs. That's 16 games, right? Skinner plays half. The backup plays half. So now you're down to 21 games. I think pick, Skinner will start 13 of those. So then he gets to 56. If he starts 14, he's up to 57. If he started 56 or 57 games, I'm all right. And keep in mind that the orders have lots of back-to-backs – in April. So he'll be rested then because they play four. I think they have four sets of back-to-backs and like their final 12 games or something stupid, right? Like it's ridiculous. So um, that's that's kind of how I see it uh, with Skinner. I'm not that concerned yet. It's all how are they going to handle him in the final 37 games. Hey, Gregor, Skinner looks tired. The third goal disallowed. He was way late. So you're, you're going to tell me he looked tired on one goal? Are you serious? Come on, man. The goal beat him short side off the glove. That's the only goal that I can think in the last 12 games that you'd like, ah, eh, Skinner might have wanted that one. And now he's magically tired? I'm sorry. That's not how it works. Guess what? He didn't love the shot. A, a short side, he just got beat. That's it. 
nothing more. I, I don't think we have to um, go crazy and, and always want, oh, always oh, tired because of one shot. That, that's not how fatigue works, in my opinion. I don't believe that Skinner, it was that big of an issue. For me, anyway. So, Connor Halley back at Sports 1440. Cons, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it fatigue, like, why would it just kick in there on that one goal, Gregor? Like, it, it seems to me with the Oilers' schedule, and we've talked about it, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday games, I, I don't think fatigue's going to be a major factor for Stuart Skinner in these situations. And I don't know, like, it, it, are we just going to say when there's a goal you don't like, fatigue might be setting in? Like, is it possible he might have misjudged it or just, you know, had a bad play, like a, a talented player beats him, things of that nature? I don't know if we can just start throwing fatigue in there because, you know, he's he's playing the majority of the games right now. I, I'm sure people will make it a storyline that that's kind of just, I think, a, a thing that people fall back onto. But I, I don't know if I'm just going to say it's fatigue. I, I, I don't think I'm going there. No, I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I can't do it. So um, I think Stuart Skinner has been unreal. And if one goal, which didn't even count, didn't even count. So who cares? Like you're worrying about a goal that didn't count. What are we doing? Like, I'm sorry. There's uh, there's zero reason for me to uh, to be that uh, that concerned about it at all. Um I think the, the Edmonton Oilers, there's so many more positives and negatives for this team right now. Think about this stat. So Connor McDavid, he had a 12-game point streak where he scored 28 points. The Oilers went 8-4 and four in that stretch. It's a pretty good stretch, right? 8-4. and four. He averaged 2.33 goals a game. Then he didn't have a point against the New York Islanders. Now he's on another 12-game point streak. The Oilers have won all 12. McDavid has 18 points in this stretch. Five goals, 13 assists. So he's he's gone from 2.33 points a game down to 1.5. And really, that even the 1.5 is a little high because in nine of the 12 games that the Orders have won, McDavid has one point. He had five against the Flyers. He was really good in that game. And then he had two against the Devils and two against the Kings. The other nine games, one point. He's not. You're, they're not riding Connor McDavid. The Oilers went 12 and 0. They've now gone 10 consecutive games where they haven't allowed more than two goals in a game. Like PK Subban, feel free to watch the games. I, I'm sorry, there's a responsibility that comes if you're going to be a national broadcaster. If you want to make claims about a team, then you better have done your homework on it because it's easy to make a fool i couldn't sit here right now and tell you how in depth the boston bruins have because i haven't looked at it but if someone asked me about it i would take five minutes to get at least a semblance of okay what are they doing i watched the highlights sure i watched a few of their games but not that in depth to claim that the oilers are easy to play against defensively right now it's like pk suban has has rewind himself to, to uh, early November and October. Because you're right, back then the orders were a tire fire defensively. Here's some numbers for you. And anybody who's concerned about the orders, it's not just a 12-game winning streak. Over the last 30 games, and the orders have played 41. So over 74% of their season. They are fourth in goals against. 
They are second in a high danger chances against, and they are third in shots against. All the time while being the second highest scoring team in the league. So second highest scoring team, fourth best in goals against. And their goals against, they're not giving up a ton of chances. So any claim that they're easy defensively and they rely too much on McDavid and Drysaddle is so ridiculously false right now, it's laughable. Like, let's call a spade a spade. It's laughable. I'm sorry. It just is. So uh, there you go. And uh, Declan Kruger has it uh, up and running here for uh, for those of you uh, on YouTube who uh, like to watch it on YouTube or Facebook. So uh, attaboy the Krug, man. So uh, we're off and running there. We're live on Sports 1440 as always. It's a Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca coming to you live from the 45th annual John Reed Memorial Tournament, which has uh, some of the best U15 AAA players in the country because they come all over. This is a huge tournament. So uh, we'll update you uh, on some of that. Uh, coming up on the uh, show today, Steve McFarland will uh, join us. Uh, Ryan Holt's going to give us an update on the uh, Condors. Uh, Lorianne Munzer will be by. Uh, Jason Wad, Wanye Gretzka, Craig Button, Speck, and uh, much, much more on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 220 and Sports 1440, uh, live, Orders Nation YouTube, uh, our Facebook page on a positive Friday. We're in the Edmonton Orders. We'll be uh, heading to Calgary, uh, jumping on a short flight in about 45 minutes, take on the Flames tomorrow. Both teams will wear their Heritage Classic jerseys, and the Oilers will try to become the first Canadian team ever to win 13 games. More importantly, the first Western Conference team to ever win 13 games and i do think travel uh plays a factor into that as uh you know is looking at the travel this year like teams in the pacific division and not like obviously the west coast teams are even worse like san jose's this year their travel is eighty-eight thousand kilometers you go to eastern teams detroit 45 columbus 46 pittsburgh 47 toronto buffalo 48 Right, the uh, the highest travel of any uh, uh, Eastern team is Florida, because obviously them and Tampa Bay are a little bit out. The Florida has seventy four thousand, Tampa Bay sixty seven. The West has nine of the top ten traveled teams in the NHL this year, and it's pretty much that way all the time. So I do think at times over the history of the game, travel has to have played a factor because there's been lots of really good Western Conference teams. The orders of the eighties, Colorado, uh, go down the list. Dallas was pretty good for a long time, but. No Western Conference team, basically no team outside of the Eastern Conference, not even a central time zone team, has uh, um, has won 13 games in a row. Jersey did it twice. Boston's done it three times. Pittsburgh's done it twice. And then Columbus, the Islanders, Washington, Flyers, and Florida. So no one in the Central, Mountain, or Pacific time zone has ever done it. We'll see if the orders can do that. Tomorrow night adds a little extra juice to what's always uh, an exciting game as we go around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. And all the uh, Edmonton area McDonald's, of course, are uh, independently owned and operated. And uh, they want to make a shout-out to uh, all the teams still left in Edmonton Minor Hockey Week, which, of course, uh, wraps up on Sunday uh, they've uh, donated uh, lots of coffee and food to all the kids and uh, wish them all the best of luck from McDonald's. Uh, longtime beat reporter for the uh, Calgary Flames writes right now at the uh, Hockey News, Steve McFarland. Joins us, Steve. Welcome back to the show. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you doing? 
I'm great. Um, you know, Battle of Alberta is always uh, always spicy. It's always fun. The building's a little bit louder, uh, you know, kind of like it was last night or the last few nights in Alberta with Toronto fans coming in. And, uh, you know, the orders are rolling, and Calgary Flames would love nothing more than to uh, to end this losing streak, or sorry, winning streak of the Edmonton Orders. Um, wh- where do you see the Flames at, Steve? Like, are they are they clearly selling? Like, is, is it only a matter of time before Lindholm gets moved? I mean, I think... Out of everybody, Lindholm is the most likely to go, and I think it's just a matter of time. But the the organization's a bit of a mess when it comes to will they rebuild, won't they rebuild. There, there seems to be no appetite. And I know it was talked about earlier today, um, you know, just about the direction of the team and the the lack of an appetite for a real rebuild. They always want to retool or, or reload or whatever you want to call it. And I think they're just kind of doing themselves a disservice and, and living with this mediocrity and and identity issues where you don't know if this is a team that really believes it's going to make the playoffs and do damage in the playoffs or if they're just sort of putting off the inevitable and if the rebuild just happened naturally because they're out of options. And, you know, he's the one option. I, I know there's there's lots of rumors that them and Hannafin have, have been close and are still talking and that, they, you know, that they'd like to get him back. So, you know, they, they at least have, like, their top three defensemen in tow and can not necessarily rebuild but maybe retool and get some pieces for Lindholm. Uh, is Tanev then kind of an obvious out, do you think, like him and Lindholm? Like, do you see Tanev on his way out as well? I think it might be a one or the other when it comes to the defensemen. Ideally, it- get what you can for all three of these guys if, if you're asking me what my opinion is i okay. think they're just at a point where if you have assets coming in at a time when these guys are really valuable because i think they're all very valuable maybe the top few or at least three of the top you know five or or maybe ten depending how deep you go assets for a contending team um it's time to get what you can for them and i understand a little bit Sort of the Hannafin's only 27. Where are you going to replace him with um, for the same amount of money and the cap's going up? I, I kind of see a little bit of the the mindset for trying to work out a deal with him, but in the end it's going to come down to whether or not he wants to be here. Um, the money is going to be pretty high, and it just to avoid all of that, if I'm GM, I'm shipping every unrestricted free agent out the door if I can and getting uh, getting a nice return for it unless the market is really poor and you really feel like you're going to make the playoffs but it, given what they've done this year what they've done the last few years it just doesn't look like that's something that's realistic and it's a bit of a bit of an ownership pipe dream I think yeah Steve McFarland uh, joins us from Calgary uh, orders in the flames tomorrow night uh, Jonathan Huberto obviously had a brutal start uh, he's showing a pulse here it seems the last few weeks is it was it just a confidence issue for him like you've seen him making some really good passes different things like that what's what's kind of changed in his game yeah I think it's a sort of a slow build and and I think that it's easy for us all to just think that a guy can make a huge life transition and come into a new city and just be the same person and player he was I just think it caught him off guard. I thought he think I think he thought he was going to be a Panther for life, and you know, essentially was fired from his job, fired from his team. And even though you're moving to a place that that wants you, it was a lot for him last year. And then you jump into this year, everyone assumes, well, Daryl Sutter's gone. There's clearly some some friction there, or just uh, it didn't really mesh well with the system. And 
and you expect them to jump in right away this year and start performing at the old Huberto levels, and it's not happened, and I think that not having a good start probably compounded that confidence issue, and I think that is the primary thing for him is he just hasn't felt like himself for so long that maybe he doesn't even know what that feels like anymore, and he's sort of rebuilding himself, and the Western Conference is such a different place, and he's trying to be a little grittier in the in the corners and, and play a little heavier. Uh, but that's not his game. And I think we're seeing him maybe loosen up a little bit here and start to connect with, with a line. And, and Sharon Govich has been a fantastic trigger man for him. Um, so, yeah, I think he's just kind of rebuilding who and what he is as a player. And I don't know if he'll ever get back to, you know, the 70 assist kind of player. But uh, but certainly anything he can contribute is really important to this team. And, and he's one guy who is unmovable. So, uh, I guess if you're looking at a rebuild, you're, you're considering him part of that for for the duration of his contract. Steve McFarland uh, joins us. Steve, any update? What's new in Calgary? I know there was the political promise that, okay, they're going to get the arena going. Um, I haven't really seen or heard much. What's what's the latest? On the arena side, I, I think yeah. all is uh, all is well in terms of what they have planned and what they have agreed to. Um I'm not entirely sure when they're expecting to break ground, but uh, certainly with the the heavy chill that we've had in in recent days, no one's really thinking too much about that. Um, But I I don't see a lot derailing the process this time, whereas last time it was a little more uh, uncertain and the cost kept climbing. Whereas now I think with the province involved, the city involved, and the Flames ownership group wanting this to happen, it's going to happen this time. Yeah, and the so is there a has there been a timeline? Like, is it going to start for the you know the start of the twenty six twenty seven season? Would they start on the road and give them an extra time? Is there a timeline at all? And when are we like not till the start of the twenty seven season? What's the what's the plan? I think the minimum is is a couple more seasons. Um, so I, I could see it being delayed until twenty twenty seven. Uh, there's such a huge sort of reclamation project, and, and things are happening. Like There are other moves being made in that area to get ready for the big build, but uh, uh, it's definitely going to take a couple more years to, to really get it to a place where they're uh, able to consider hosting. Yeah. Um, going back to, to the Flames and the Orders, and, you know, Edmonton has had Calgary's number for a while. Uh, every, everybody's seen that. And, you know, you, you look at the game tomorrow and, and the matchups that you have. I'm assuming Markstrom's um, going. But, you know, Nazem Kadri at times has, has elevated his game when, when he plays McDavid. There's been a little bit of extra juice. Not the fireworks. You know, without Matt Kachuk, it just doesn't have, you know, the same uh, animosity that we've seen in the past. Uh, do you, Does Calgary have the guys now that can still crank it up? To, to maybe want to ignite some fire. Like the orders have Kane and Nurse, obviously, but you know, even Edmonton isn't necessarily filled with a, a bunch of guys who might get the Battle of Alberta going back to another level. Well, I'm a little disappointed that uh, rookie Martin Pospisil was uh, injured last night because I think he would have been one of those candidates who plays a bit of a, a greasier game. He can, he can really throw his body around even though he's not a very big guy, but he would be sort of the closest thing this team has to an agitator outside of maybe, you know, AJ Greer on the fourth line. I think he could be a guy who steps up his game a little bit and maybe he gets a more of an opportunity because of the injury, uh, because of 
the team's sort of lack of grit or or an enforcer. But uh, it's just definitely not the same without Kachuk. I, I think those those battles and that personality sort of brought it to uh, to a whole other competitive level. But I do think that you know someone like Kadri, he'll he'll look to sort of put a little bit more edge into his game. And I think the whole team is going to be very motivated to try to snap this winning streak because, you know, that, that hatred is still there, even though the, the names have changed. It's still a really important game that gets worked up in, in the media and I think in the locker room. They, they relish the opportunity a little more than they would like to admit. Yeah, no, and that's and as they should. Like you, you look for different reasons to get motivated. Why wouldn't you want to stop your rivals from? You know, it's their franchise record longest winning streak, and you, you'd love to snap it uh, if you could. And travel Saturday. shouldn't be an issue. No, no, travel won't be an issue. It's 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 hockey day in Canada, right? It's it's the late game on hockey night in Canada. Everybody's watching. I think there'll be a few more people watching just because of the the twelve game winning streak for the orders, and so it just makes it more fun. I, I know I expect the building to be loud. There's always a lot of order fans mixed in with the Flame fans in Calgary. I've been to those games a lot. They're they're lots of fun. Uh, to be a part of, and uh, one player who's who, you know what? Now, obviously, I know he played in the in the Heritage Classic, but uh, his first home game, Sharon Govich, he had a slow start in Calgary, but he's really come on here as of late. I think he's got the most goals for any player in the NHL on his on a, on a new team. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw his potential in Jersey in that one sort of twenty goal season, um, but he was a guy that just confidence is such a huge thing, and I think there are a number. of of Flames players that when they're feeling it, they're pretty good. And Dylan Dubé is a guy who's come off of a couple of 18 goal seasons. And this year he's just, he's just dropped off the radar completely. Um, whereas Sharon Govich has just been building his confidence, building his comfort level. Um, and his chemistry with the, with Lindholm and, and Huberto has just taken him to that level that I think he showed he could get to as a, as a young player, but maybe wasn't sure that he could bring it consistently. And, and it's just, it's amazing to, to see it happen and and watch him sort of live up to that potential. And he's still a young player, but yeah, um, just amazing the, the skills he has and, and when he's just kind of not overthinking things, how it just naturally happens and comes off a stick and ends up in the right spot. Well, well, it's a trade right now that's looking really good for Calgary. Toffoli's a pending UFA, and, you know, they got a young Sharon Govich who's playing well. You know, that's a deal that that's, I think's worked out quite well for Calgary, not just now, but looking ahead uh, for a few seasons. Lastly, Steve, outside of, um, you know, what about the goaltending situation? What uh, what do you see unfolding there? Do you see <laughs> Vladar? Do you see them making a move? And, and you know, where are they on Wolf? Like, do they believe 100% that he's an NHL goalie? I think that they believe it, but I think it's coming to a bit of a point where they need to show him that they believe it. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I don't know if Markstrom is completely ready. I think there is a chance. Huska said that there is a chance that he could play tomorrow and come back. Uh, if not, I think a lot of people would like to see what Dustin Wolf can do in a battle of Alberta and put him in the spotlight. Um you know, I know the Flames have this mentality where they need to win every game and they need to put the best lineup out there. But if if I'm looking at Dan Vladar, and he's a great backup and he's a, a wonderful guy and a, and a good personality, but 
you know, I just think that in, you're, you're looking at a, a higher ceiling with Wolf, and I think it's time to see what he can do. And I think it would be a fantastic start. It would be a fantastic start for him in the Battle of Alberta if Markstrom isn't quite ready to come back. Well, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Steve, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for this. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's uh, Steve McFarland. Join us from the uh, Hockey News in Calgary. Oilers, Flames tomorrow. Uh, hey, guys, sounds like the same old, same old with order fans. They're great. Cup contender gets smoked. PK's right. Decent, hot, recent hot run doesn't change that. They're around 500 against teams ahead of them. Really? Interesting. Um, you, you look at the Edmonton orders. They are, it's, they're 20 and 3 in their last 23 games. Go down the list of the teams they've beaten in that. I think the Rangers are a playoff team. I think LA is a, a playoff team, right? Detroit's currently a playoff team. Toronto's currently a playoff team. Vegas, playoff team. Like the other teams, they're going to have some games against the bottom feeders. Still got to beat them. Look who Chicago's beat this year. They beat Vegas twice. Or sorry, Toronto twice. Colorado, Vegas. Um, I really, it's funny and, and Mitchell, it's interesting because it's it's almost like you don't want to watch the games and be like, oh, 10 consecutive games allowing only two goals. 30 games in a row that they have the fourth best goals against average. And they're, it's not like Stuart Skinner is being called upon to be unbelievable every night. Not at all. They're not giving up a lot of high danger chances. Second fewest high danger chances over 30 games. That's never happened before, ever. When the Orders won games last year, they won a lot of them 5-4 down the stretch. 4-3, 6-4. They'd still give up goals. They haven't done that this time. So P.K. Subban is 100% false by making the claim the Orders are easy to play against in their own zone and rely on McDavid. There's no numbers to back that up. None. Now, you want to live last year, go right ahead. But that's terrible analysis. Good analysis is talking about the now. You want to go 10 games? Great. If some people say, well, that's not a good enough sample size. Okay, let's go 30 games. Because any anything, if you want to say, well, you can value the 10 games as high as you want. Or you can look and say, well, probably a little bit of an outlier based on the other 160 games before or after. Right? It's just simple, calm analysis. That's all it is. And P.K. Subban, I'm sorry. There is a guy showing his inexperience as an analyst because he tries for hot takes. And some people are fine with that. But I don't know. To me, I think there's a responsibility. Like any reporter, there should be a responsibility to report factually. You want to have an opinion? Great. I can disagree on which player we think is good or not. That's great. But to make claims about a team when there's no actual data or video proof to back it up, then you look foolish. It's just that simple. 240 on Sports 1440, Orders Nation uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook page. Uh, we are live at the 45th Annual John Reed Memorial Tournament. And, uh, man, good game going on here. We'll update you on uh, some of the scores. Uh, I saw Gary Roberts. I actually talked to Gary uh, last night. Uh, he was at the uh, Orders game. Uh, he's in town. There's uh, lots of... Uh, uh, 
scouts from uh, WHL, lots of, uh, I even saw a few NHL uh, scouts around here, probably just more so. Uh, a few of them I talked to, I'm like, what are you doing here? And they're like, ah, actually, I'm not really uh, scouting. I'm just here. They know someone, family, friend. A few of them have kids playing. So it's, uh, there's lots and lots of hockey people here uh, this weekend in St. Albert for the John Reed Memorial Tournament. Uh, we'll take a quick break uh, coming up in the uh, in the next few segments on the show. we got uh, more on the orders. Of course, uh, Lorianne Munzer will join us. We always like to talk about the, uh, the mental side of things. Ryan Holt is next. How is Dylan Holloway looking as a center iceman? Could Dylan Holloway be an option as a center iceman this year, or is it realistic to think when he's recalled, he's probably going to play on the wing? We'll discuss that next. Here on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Positive Friday continues on. Welcome back to the Gregor Show. Here I live at the 45th annual John Reed Memorial Tournament, presented by uh, Cattail Crossing, as well as uh, Omnia Training. So a uh, big shout for them, giving back in the community. I love it. Uh, hey, let's go uh, two-minute warning now, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home with no payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace. And, hey, if it conks out in the cold weather, call Legacy. No overtime charges ever. That's how they build a legacy at LegacyHeating.ca. Here is the two-minute warning with Cam Tate. Thanks there, Big J Fast. Eddie here. On this Positive Friday, our topic is the eye in the sky. Got that. Now, Grandpa, the eye in the sky, written by that old pencil neck, Cam Tay. Too bad Edmonton Oilers public address. Announcer Al Stafford could not, like only Al Kahn, announce. At 7.38 of the second period, the Oilers, in fact, registered an assist. When get this now, the Oilers did not score. For my money, and believe you me, there ain't much. Noah Siegel was more than worth for an apple on at that juncture of Thursday's game. Now, wait a minute. You might bark over your afternoon coffee. Noah Siegel. Never heard of him. What number does he wear? Was he a last-minute call up room the Bakersfield Condors, the Oilers operation? What did you say his name was, Noah? Siegel? Well, yes. Noah Siegel was a member of the Condors last year, but no, he wasn't an emergency call up from the 911 department. You see, Siegel had his fingerprints on the Oilers. Therefore, two win over over the snap, pop, and kraken of Seattle. Edmonton went on to win their 12th game in a row, putting Connor's crew 10 games. Say it with me one time. 10 games over 500. The victory also ties the Montreal Canadiens, winning heater of a dozen games in the longest unbeaten streak by a Canadian NHL team. And wouldn't it be a cracker? Jack Bingo Extravaganza. If the Oilers intend their streak Saturday, but back to Noah Siegel. Seattle's t liar Yamamoto scored to tie the game at 7.38 of the third period. Good call on the ice, but somebody. They saw it different. They saw Seattle enter the Oilers' zone like hundreds of times. This time, however, they saw Onovim crack and cross the sacred blue line before the puck. Oh, yeah. And then they walkie-talkied the Oiler bench. The bench called Coach's Challenge. The goal disallowed because the Oiler video coach caught it. His name is Noah Siegel, your two-minute warning. Monday, Friday, Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440. Last night's game, you know what, hey, kudos. You know what, uh, the orders have had reviews uh, go against them. Uh, they've had some go their favor, no question. You know, Zach Hyman's probably the guy saying, man, imagine how many more goals I'd have if there wasn't video review. <laughs> I think it's seven over the uh, the last two seasons. But, you know, that was obviously offside, just like the uh, the Zach Hyman goal uh, against Toronto was offside. He was clearly in the zone, right? So, you know what, the, those are good reviews from upstairs. 
And, um, you know, last night it, uh, it helped the orders. On Tuesday it helped the Leafs, but uh, the orders were still able to overcome it and find a way to win. And uh, speaking of the orders, we'll get to the oil report now, brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton, Canada's number one Volvo dealership. For many years running. They uh, have uh, great vehicles, but even better service and uh, a great business model from uh, Mike Norris and everyone down there at Volvo Cars Edmonton. So uh, now that the weather's a little bit nicer, you want to venture out of your house, you're looking for a ride, get some great deals. As low as uh, 2.99% financing on the XC60, XC90 models and more. Check it out at volvocarsedmonton.com. The voice of the Bakersfield Condors, Ryan Holt, joins us uh, once again. Ryan, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And uh, you just mentioned Noah Siegel there uh, in that last bit. Uh, obviously worked with Noah for, for three years here in Bakersfield and uh, did more than just video coach here in Bakersfield, did all the travel and all the immigration in addition to his uh, video coaching duties and uh, speak highly of him. And uh, we've moved on a couple of video coaches, Sam Kim before him to Toronto and now uh, Noah to Edmonton. And we got another great one in Chris Horn here. So uh, we've got a good run of video coaches as well. Uh, that's great. Now, uh, order fans are very curious. I know it's been a very small sample size, but how has Dylan Holloway looked at center? Uh, very good. And I talked with Dylan about this uh, kind of last week because I was curious about it too and changing positions. And obviously it's the 30,000 foot view uh, from, from my broadcast perch. And, and he, he mentioned, you know, he was a centerman in college. Uh, he was drafted as a centerman. Uh, so he's very comfortable, uh, you know, down the middle of the ice. And one thing that he kind of remarked about is, is he gets more touches as a centerman. He's able to come yeah. with speed a little bit more through the neutral zone. He's able to, to be on the puck. He feels more engaged, I think, in the game. And I think anybody who's watched Dylan over the last couple of years, I think that's his game, right? Like he's a shifty yeah. forward. He's a physical guy. He's, um, he's better with the puck on his stick, uh, you know, and able to make plays and, and generate offense that way. Um, it's four games. He's got a point in all four games. Uh, he centered Lane Peterson, Raphael Lavoie over those four games, and you know they were untouchable basically for all four games, and, and led to a lot of our success here uh, over the last week or so. So he's looked very comfortable. He's led the team in shots uh, over those four games. He's been on the top power play. He's you know he's killing penalties as well too. So I think everything that was asked of him uh, here in Bakersfield, uh, he's done so far. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, about the penalty kill, because that was going to be my next question. Because you know, when they bring Holloway back, and you know, I know they've got their six, pen- six penalty killers here right now, but you know what? Uh, he's likely, if he wants to get more ice time, that's where it's going to have to come. What about the? And it's early to say, Ryan, but what about the defensive responsibilities? Because for you know, for a young player to come up when he comes back to Edmonton, if he's going to play center, you know, it's, it's likely going to be you know down the stretch and into the playoffs at a very important time. How, how is he kind of reacting back to just those instincts of understanding your responsibilities defensively? Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I think, you know, his defensive zone, and I think this is where uh, Elaine Peterson kind of rubs off on him because Lane is, is probably our most, uh, you know, well-balanced 200-foot, uh, you know, type of uh, type of forward uh, this season. So uh, for, you know, Lane to be able to kind of rub off on, on Holloway is key, I think. And, uh, again, he's looked very comfortable. I mean, we, we don't give up much. Um, you know, we, we've allowed two goals or fewer in, in eight of ten games. Um, you know, he looked very comfortable, and that Lions didn't spend much time in the attacking zone, in the defensive zone, I should say. They were, they were more often than not in the attacking zone. I think Colin Chalk had to throw them out for a couple of uh, defensive zone faceoffs just to kind of get them in their own end because uh, they were so quick and so tenacious on the forecheck and being able to retreat pucks in the neutral zone that there hasn't been much in the defensive end. Um, but, you know, I think, as you mentioned, you know, his spot at the NHL level is, is on the PK, and I think that's been the message here for anybody that's, you know, kind of played in Bakersfield, is you're not going to get that power play time. You're not going to have those special team minutes other than the penalty kill, and that's where you can be effective. We saw Raphael LeBlanc kill penalties here in Bakersfield this year, you know, going back to James Hamlin and, and Tyler Benson even. I mean, these are guys who, you know, can play power play certainly and, and can make a difference here at this level. But at the next level, where are you going to find yourself? And that's a, a, an effective area. And I think having Dylan on the PK is effective too because – he is so skilled and he is so speedy that he's able to generate offense, you know, even down a man. So I, I think it's a nice weapon to have, and it gives, you know, some of the other guys a break maybe that are playing power play time. Ryan Holt joins us, uh, voice of the Condors. And, of course, uh, the other prospects, well, there's a few other guys in, in Bakersfield that uh, Oiler fans have a lot of interest in. So uh, Phil Broberg. Uh, you know, Phil Broberg just hasn't had, got to play a lot the, the last few years. So, you know, he's kind of gotten into a rhythm, I, I would think, Ryan. Uh, how's he playing? And do you, do you have any guess? Like, is he, is he a 22-minute-a-night guy? How many minutes is he logging? Uh, he played 30 the other night. And granted, oh, wow. we had five power plays, and he's been quarterbacking our our top unit, uh, and our top unit, by the way, has, has clicked at over 30% since Broberg's come back down and, and quarterback. And I know that might not be his game at the next level, but uh, he just has a nice way of getting shots through. Uh, similar to uh, and Evan Bouchard, even when he was here, I, I know he has a heavy shot, but he just had that ability just to get pucks through and create chaos, and that's something that Broberg's uh, been able to do. Uh, he's as confident and I'll use the word alpha in his game, He's commanding number one minutes right now here in Bakersfield. He's been the best defenseman on the ice, not only for the Condors, but more often than not anybody on the ice uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and he's earned every you know minute of ice time that he's gotten. Um, he's smooth skating. He's pivoting nicely. I, I mean, he's just got a quiet confidence about him. And, and this trip down, and he's been down a couple of times now, I see more of a chip on his shoulder than maybe the last time you know he was yeah. down where – you know, he kind of felt like, okay, you know, I'll be back up. 
you know, there's a, a chip on his shoulder right now, I think, here in Bakersfield. And I think it's good to see. I think that was maybe the the area maybe that was missing in his game and the defensive side of the, uh, you know, the, the yeah. aspect of his game. But, you know, I, I don't think you need to be physical to be a good defenseman. He takes pucks off guys. And I think at the end of the day, that's the end goal, right? To move the puck out of your own end. And nobody moves it better on our team in terms of making a first pass out of their own end. Nobody skates it better out of their own end than him. Uh, and he's been a terrific, you know, teammate here in Bakersfield. So uh, he's done everything, like I said, that's been asked of him here in Bakersfield. And, you know, he's commanding, like I said, 30 minutes a night and chatted with him uh, before we got on the plane in Denver. He said, oh, it was 30, huh? I said, yeah, it was 30. He goes, ah, I probably could have played 40. <laughs> so he's definitely, I mean, he's in great shape. Uh, he's a tremendous uh, athlete, uh, first and foremost. And uh, his skating is, is is way above average for the American Hockey League. Well, the thing is just – getting into a rhythm and having some confidence and playing. Like, he was dressing in games in Edmonton, but was barely playing. So, you know, I, even if people yeah. looked at his games played, he just, you got to play. And he's still a very young prospect. I'll admit that, it, you know, I'm kind of bullish on him. A lot of people wanted to write him off and claim he's a bust. And I'm like, how can you say he's a bust when he, no one knows what he is because we haven't seen him play. Right? Like, I could. Well, and I, talked I, with, I, I talked with Colin Chalk and, and Keith McCambridge about that and just being able to make mistakes. And not that he's made a lot of mistakes here in Bakersfield, but just knowing that you know, if if my 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 first pass isn't so good, or if I have a bad breakout, or if I miss the you know a coverage on one shift, I'm not going to be sat down the rest of the night. You know, he's able to play a little more freely here in Bakersfield. And yes, the lights aren't as bright uh, as they are at Rogers, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to prove yourself here. I think uh, to earn it up there, and and he's going to have a terrific NHL career. I, I I don't have any doubt about it, and he's been a great asset here for us. Jack Campbell, uh, first three games weren't good. His last 10, he's got a 920 save percentage. Now, I, I know that he hasn't been tested a ton. It's not like, you know, it's been pretty good defense in front of him, but he's still got a 920, right? And are you starting maybe to see some some glimpses of Campbell regaining his confidence? Yeah, and you mentioned those three games uh, in Canada just after he was sent down, and I think, you know, it's easy to cherry-pick stats and say, oh, if you remove this game or this game, but I, I honestly think that, you know, he needed a little bit of a reset and he was thrown right back into it just from my own personal, um, you know, standpoint. And I think, you know, you throw out those three games in Canada and, and you're absolutely right. Since he's, you know, played the last 10 games, it's a 920 save percentage. He's won seven out of the 10. Uh, he's won his last three. And I think the biggest thing with Jack in the last two games that he's played, uh, we've fallen behind. Uh, it was 2 nothing in San Jose. It was 2-1 on Wednesday night in Colorado. He battled back and was able to kind of stay in the fight for this team and keep it a one-goal game or keep it a two-goal game and allow the offense to kick into gear. Uh, and I think that's what you're seeing more. And I was just down the locker room this morning, you know, kind of chatting with with a lot of the guys. And, you know, he obviously is an amicable teammate. Uh, everybody loves playing with him. Uh, he's great around the locker room. But I think he's a little bit more, over the last uh, couple of weeks or so, I think he's a little bit more invested in, in trying to help this team win. I, I honestly think that, and I think it's freed him up a little bit. Uh, he has a confidence. I was talking with Sly Rodriguez even during warm-ups when I was down on the bench, and uh, he had mentioned that, you know, hey, Soup's locked in right here. I can see it the way he's catching the puck. And that was just in warm-ups. Um, so it's been good. There hasn't been the scramble in his game. I'll use the word scramble. I think that we saw in those opening three games up in Canada. Uh, he's got his confidence back. The team's playing well in front of him. Ollie Rodriguez been terrific as well, too. Uh, we're a really good defensive team. Uh, we do give up a ton of shots, but not necessarily of, of good quality. Uh, I think when you look at it at the end of the day, we give up a ton of volume, but not necessarily quality. Um, but when Jack uh, was called upon, he made a couple of big two-on-one saves uh, to keep it 2-1. 
We score a couple of quick goals, and, and we win a hockey game that we needed in Colorado. So um, he's been a great teammate. He's doing, like I said, a lot of these guys are doing everything that's been asked of them, and uh, he's been terrific. Ryan Holt joins us. We're getting an update on the Bakersfield Condors. How's the vlog look since going down? Fantastic. Again, you know, a guy who has done everything that's been asked of him. Um, you know, his shot is one thing. Uh, he's transporting the puck a little bit better, I think, maybe on this go-around than, than maybe uh, beforehand. Um, but again, most, more often than not, he's one of, or if not the best player on the ice. And like I mentioned with, with Holloway's line there, I mean, that line has been terrific for us here over the last uh, you know week or so. And, and Peterson's found his game. Uh, but Lavoie, I think, has played with a little bit, as I mentioned, you know, a chip on his shoulder as well, too. You know, these are guys who, you know, play with a lot of pride and, and have probably aspirations that, you know, they shouldn't be in Bakersfield right now. And that's fine. Um, you know, he's our, you know, go-to guy on the power play. And I, I mentioned the power play has been clicking here uh, as of late. You know, he killed penalties earlier in this year. He hasn't been asked to kill penalties here lately. I think just from an ice time perspective, uh, not wanting to wear him out. But, um, you know, he's our... He's our go-to guy offensively. We don't have a, a ton of offense in terms of goals per game, uh, you know. So that one or two, you know, shots a night from Raf uh, really make a difference. And uh, you know, I think he's been a, a terrific teammate again, and, and a guy who you know is going to score 25 goals if he's here again uh, in Bakersfield. And you know, he's going to the All-Star game in a couple of weeks, and uh, he's happy to, to represent Bakersfield and happy to represent this organization. Ryan, as always, really appreciate the rundown, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate it, Jason. Take care. That's uh, Ryan Holt, voice of the Bakersfield Condors. So uh, pretty good scouting report on Dylan Holloway. Uh, Philip Broberg, 30 minutes a game. He's running the power play. Now, we know he's not going to run the power play up here, but like I said, I, th- I thought there was, I thought it was very premature for people to want to write off Phil Broberg because of how he played the last bit. He didn't play. I don't think anybody can say with accuracy what they think Phil Broberg's going to be. All I know is this. His skating is elite as an NHL. He's an elite skater. Now, does that mean he's going to be an elite NHL defenseman? I'd probably say no, not to elite. But do I think Phil Broberg could be a solid NHL defenseman? Could he be a number three, a number four down the road? I think he actually could be. He's got long reach. He, he's the new age defenseman. Move the puck, skate, strong. As long as he keeps getting stronger. I think uh, there's a chance that Broberg will be good. I honestly, the way if I was running the orders organization, to me, I, I see it. I move Brett Kulak in the off season, and it opens up a spot for Phil Broberg because I want I want Kulak for another playoff run. He's been very good in the playoffs. I, I don't want to put a young guy in. I don't want DeHarnay and Broberg. Now they might be able to do it. They might, but it's a little bit of a risk. Like there's not a lot of teams when you look at their have a defense pair that has very limited NHL experience. It's not impossible. I'm just saying it's it's not norm. Quick break. Uh, it's a Gregor Show live, Sports 1440, on location at the John Reed 45th John Reed Memorial Tournament here at uh, Service Place in St. Albert. Uh, we'll come back. Loran Munzer will be by. Uh, later on in the uh, show today, uh, Craig Button, of course. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Speck. Uh, low Tide, lots more on the Orders and the Calgary Flames. It's uh, NFL playoff weekend. Continue. We're down to the great eight in the NFL. We'll get to all of that and more. But first, here's a comment. Sports 1440 update brought to you by... BIE Engineering, specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.